morning. Christ Church, and Pastor Bob, uh, lead pastor here at Christ Church, and uh, we are continuing our series, The Miracle uh, of uh, Mercy, and kind of our uh, theme verse for this uh, um, series is uh, Matthew 5, 7, one of those Beatitudes, uh, when Jesus is teaching there on the Sermon on the Mount, and he said, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Simple question, how many people want to know and have God's blessing going in your life? Okay, that would be a unanimous, I think, pretty close, right? Yeah, if it's not, we got to talk. But yeah, we all want, right, God's blessing to be flowing uh, and working uh, in our life. And this verse gives us a key then that says, well, hey, uh, if, if that's the desire, if that's where you want to be in that right relationship where God is really uh, using your life, you got to understand uh, mercy. you got to be able to understand and practice this experience uh, of uh, of mercy, right? And uh, we uh, understood last week from Pastor Andrew, a great message last week, we understood last week what uh, mercy is. And we kind of defined it short, short version and said mercy uh, is really grace in action, right? Uh, grace, that undeserved love that that God has for us, right? We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We don't deserve it. Uh, it's just something that is part of his character. And he looks upon us with that love. And so that, that undeserved love uh, that he expresses and then expects that we will put that into action, right? Uh, that we receive that grace. We receive that love from him. And then we, we take that and it flows through us and it issues into action in and through our lives and into other people's lives. So definition of mercy, we're all there. All right, today we're going to look at that definition of mercy uh, relative to the topic of, uh, of forgiveness, right? And some of you are there saying, hey, didn't we just do that? Come on, what's up? We just did getting past your past. And uh, that was a whole series on the uh, experience of forgiveness. Yes, absolutely we did. And guess what? We still need to work at it right? Uh, I think all of us would agree that even though that might have been a really impactful series in your life, you still need to work at understanding this forgiveness and putting forgiveness uh, into action. And plus today, what we're going to try to do in the message today is, is get uh, deeper and just get more practical in, in this action of applying forgiveness, right? Of, of what is it about the action of applying forgiveness uh, through us in other people's uh, lives. And we know we need to do that. We, we've got this great verse in Ephesians 2 that kind of brings uh, uh, forgiveness and mercy and that action uh, all together uh, in one verse. You can see all the elements uh, right here in this verse. It says, but God is so rich in, what's the word? Mercy. So there's mercy, right? So he's saying, look, this is the character of God. He, he is abundant in his mercy. That he is, he is, a, he is willing, ready, and always uh, anxious to be in the action 
of, of applying His grace uh, into our lives, right? So he is, he is rich, He is abundant in His mercy, and He loved us so much. What is the core of grace? Well, it is grace is God's love, right, uh, being influenced into our life. Grace is, is that love of God, even though we don't deserve it. So you can see the beginning of grace there, uh, and you see the action of mercy and grace together now in verse 5. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So we have that action of God's undeserved love being expressed in mercy. And what's the expression? Even though we didn't deserve it, he forgives us, right? And Paul summarizes it saying, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It's by his grace as he, he, he acts in mercy that we... Uh, we receive that grace. We receive that forgiveness, right? So we see God being rich in mercy. We see God with his undeserved love for us, grace, and we see him acting in that grace, expressing that grace uh, in mercy. This is what he does, and the expectation, of course, is this is what he does, therefore that's what we ought to do as well, right? Last series, we looked at a lot of stuff about forgiveness, and one of the clear teachings was, look, as you've been forgiven, you ought to also do what? You also ought to forgive others, right? That was pretty clear, right? And we get the parallel of that when it comes to uh, mercy, right? And saying, listen, be merciful. Notice there's no option there. There's no like, well, if you want to, if you feel like it, if you're comfortable with it, that's not there. Just saying, look, be merciful, right? Be merciful just as your father is mercy. It's the parallel to listen as you have been forgiven, so you ought to forgive others, right? So you can't just take forgiveness for yourself and say, wow, praise the Lord, I'm clean, I'm forgiven. Oh, this is wonderful. You can't just take that and not have that issue into the action of mercy, right? For, for us, receiving forgiveness is one thing. We, we may get really good at, at coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need, I need your mercy, right? I, I need to be forgiven and receiving that mercy. We may be okay with that. The struggle is taking that and now acting out in mercy, right? Too often we get barriers to acting out in mercy. And we see that uh, God breaks down barriers, right? To make sure that mercy is acted into other people's uh, lives. Think about Jesus breaking down barriers. You want to see an incredible barrier in Jesus's life that he pushes through to, to give and exercise forgiveness in mercy, right? It's, it's here in Luke uh, 23. Uh, Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That feels good, right? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. But remember the context. Remember the context of when he's saying this. This is after he's been arrested. This is after he has been uh, unfairly, unjustly convicted. This is after he's been beaten and his back is in shreds, right? This is after he has lugged his own cross on his back and fallen down repeatedly, right? This is after they pounded nails in his hands and his feet, right? This is after he's been hanging on the cross for a while. And in the midst of all of that, what does he do? 
he breaks through the barrier of that moment and exercises the request for mercy expressed in forgiveness. This is what Jesus is willing to do for you. And he asks us to break through the barriers when, when, when we want to say to ourselves, I just, I just can't. I just can't. No, if he can do this, if he can do this and exercise mercy and forgiveness for you in that moment, in that experience, seriously, is there any barrier that should keep us from exercising mercy and practicing forgiveness in other people's lives? Can't think of one. Can't think of one. Here's, here's some, uh, a great story from the Gospel of Mark where, where we see Jesus breaking through the, the barriers that say, can't, can't do it, right? It's the story where these guys have a friend who's paralyzed, and uh, Jesus is teaching in a house. The house is full of people, and so the friends get the wise idea. they got to get this guy in front of Jesus, so they climb up on the roof. They dig a hole in the roof. You know the story, right? They dig a hole in the roof. They lower the guy down through the roof, put him right in front of Jesus. And uh, uh, Jesus uh, looks at him. If you look at verse 5, it says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. What did you just exercise? Mercy, right? He just expressed mercy. Now look how the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, respond to that, Right? It says, but some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there talked to themselves, whoa, whoa, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. What did they just try to create? A barrier to the exercise of mercy. Jesus exercises mercy and accomplishes forgiveness. And the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, say, oh, no, can't do that. Can't do that. Don't do that. Only God can forgive. Don't do that. Can't do that. Jesus knows what they're thinking. He responds to them. And ultimately, he breaks through the barrier and says to the guy, listen, just just pick up your mat and, and go home. He won't let the barrier keep him from exercising mercy. The challenge for us is to do the same thing, to make sure that we break through these, these barriers that we create, even though we receive God's grace and forgiveness in our own life, that we break through these barriers to make sure we exercise mercy in other people's lives. If you uh, look at Colossians, it, it, it puts that, that privilege, gives us that opportunity and expectation in our lives. Since God chose you to be his holy people that he loves, he exercised grace with, mercy, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Isn't that a great image? You've got to clothe yourself. What does that mean? I mean it's like these clothes, right? I mean, it's got to be surrounding you. It's got to envelope you, right? Always present. Clothe yourself in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone, even that person, right? Forgive anyone, even them, right? Forgive anyone, even that guy, right? Forgive anyone who offends you. What's the call in our life? 
You cannot let the barriers keep you from exercising mercy and bringing forgiveness into somebody else's life. But we create the barriers. Now, I got just two of them I'm going to lift up uh, this morning. I'm sure there's others. But these are the two barriers that, that as I meet with people and talk with people, these are the two barriers I hear most often that people struggle with when it comes to mercy, exercising mercy and forgiveness in, in somebody else's life, right? The, the first one is this. It's the barrier. No, wait a minute. They need to suffer. <laughs> I've been suffering. They need to suffer. They need to suffer just as much as I've been suffering. Do you know this barrier? They need to see. Somehow, we want to see them experience the same pain that, that we've experienced. And, and even more than that, somehow we think they ought to show us, right? That, that somehow they ought to grovel, right? And, and that they ought to somehow bear their soul and show us that they have experienced the same pain, if not more, than what we have experienced. They have to somehow prove to us that they hurt just as badly uh, as we do. Now, this is a barrier to mercy, the exercise of forgiveness uh, in other people's lives because we, we, we get our role wrong. You see, when we're in this barrier, we're not putting ourselves in the position of being the opportunity for mercy. What position are we putting ourselves in? Judge. <laughs> right? Well, I'll decide when you've suffered enough. Right? I'll decide whether you're really authentic in your suffering. I'll decide whether you've reached the level of which suffering should take place. Right? And, and that's not our role. That's not our spot. Right? Look, look what Romans 12 says. Dear friends, how often? Never, <laughs> dear friends, never take revenge. Next two words, key words, next two words. Leave it. Leave that. What's that? Leave the revenge part, right? Relieve the judgment part. Leave that. That's not your job. That's not your... Leave that, right? Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge... I will pay them back, says the Lord. It's not our responsibility to decide how much they've suffered, haven't suffered, ought to suffer. That's just not our role. That's not where we ought to be. Right? We put ourselves in the position that is God's position. And somehow we think they ought to prove their pain. Not our job. Not, not, our, not, our, not our role, right? What we need to do is simply exercise mercy, right? Exercise mercy. And let God take care of his relationship with that person. Now, keep in mind, we also confuse relationships. When we exercise mercy, we're talking about exercising mercy to repair our relationship with that other person, correct? 
We're, we're exercising forgiveness in terms of our relationship with that person. As we exercise that mercy and as we practice forgiveness, they still got to get right with Christ. Getting right with you is one thing. They still got to get right with their relationship with Christ. Amen? So for us, we don't confuse our role that somehow, well, if we forgive them, that means somehow they're okay with Christ. No, this is our... All right, you remember when Jesus is teaching, he says, listen, if you're going to go make an offering to the Lord, and on the way you remember that you've got a brother that you're in offense with, put down your offering and go make up with your brother. Remember that verse? Now, we often stop there, but what comes next in the verse? Well, after you make up with your brother, do what? Go pick up your offering and offer it to the Lord. Right? So getting right with your brother is important in relationship to your relationship with the Lord. When we offer mercy and forgiveness, we're getting right with our brother. We still got to get right with Christ. When we offer mercy and forgiveness, we should offer that mercy and that forgiveness in a way that opens up the opportunity for them to go to Christ. Why? Well, think. Think how worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God. I don't want to be responsible for that. Do you? (sighs) Not me. Practice mercy. Exercise forgiveness. Get right with that person. And point them to Christ. So they can repair their relationship with Christ. Right? 30, for we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God if you're not right. We got to be able to push through the barrier that somehow says they got to suffer more and instead point them into getting right with Christ as we exercise mercy and forgiveness in our relationship. Second barrier I hear uh, often is this one. It's not fair. They're just getting away with it. You know this one? It's just not fair. Okay, be really careful with this one, right? Be really careful. Why? He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. What does that mean? He doesn't treat you fair either. Because if he would, not good. Right? If he would, not good. So if you expect fairness, be careful. Because forgiveness isn't fair. It's grace. It's grace. Praise God. He treats me unfairly. Praise the Lord that He treats all of us who come to Him unfairly and gives His undeserved, unearned love and grace and exercises mercy. So we we need to dump this barrier because that's exactly the way He treats us. He treats us unfairly because grace and mercy is not about fairness. 
And so we need to step into it, not worrying about fairness, but step into it because it's a call in our life, right? He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. His love is greater than fairness. As far as the east is from west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. Now, we've got to be careful we don't confuse here, too, fairness with truth, right? So we talk about grace. That's not fair. Grace is undeserved love. But there's also truth. And so often we use this barrier. We think somehow they're going to get away with it, right? It's just not fair. They're going to get away. Exercising this grace in the action of mercy and giving forgiveness to somebody else doesn't ignore the truth of their sin. You understand that? When, when you're exercising this mercy and you're, you're giving forgiveness out of grace and love, it, it doesn't ignore the truth of the offense. Right? It's not like they're, they're getting away with it in the sense that, well, it's like, you know, you're, you're ignoring the truth or you're ignoring what they did. You're, you're ignoring how grievous it was. No, you, you acknowledge the truth. That's how forgiveness comes in repentance. Right? We acknowledge the truth. And so and this is the message I proclaim, that the day is coming when God through Christ Jesus will judge everyone's secret life. There's no secrets. When we exercise mercy and we give away this forgiveness, we give that forgiveness away in light of the truth, in light of the offense that we both acknowledge and understand. Do you follow? So it's not like they're getting away with something. No, the truth is exposed. But we're just exercising mercy and giving forgiveness because God has treated us unfairly and given us the same thing. Ultimately, for us, it means that we just exercise mercy. We, we exercise mercy and forgiveness. And that means that we don't keep a record. We don't keep throwing it up in people's face. Every time we meet them, we don't remind them of how terrible they treated us. We let it go, right? We just don't keep a record. He canceled the record of the charges against us or... Love keeps no record of the wrongs, right? We, we just, we let it go. We exercise mercy and we let it go. And we may need to let it go repeatedly, right? Uh, some of you know I grew up on a farm. One of my jobs on the farm was to clean out the hoghouse. Uh, and I learned an important principle uh, about uh, cleaning out the hoghouse. And, you know, when you, you clean out something like that, there's stuff there called manure, you, you heard of this stuff? Yeah, in the vernacular, is it okay to say this in church? The, the crap, okay? Here's a crap principle. I learned that if I ignored the crap, it piled up. Did you know that truth? If I ignored it, it piled up. But if I shoveled the crap regularly, it was a whole lot easier to deal with. Right? Same way when we're hurt and somebody offends us. We, we need to just deal with it regularly. 
just just get rid of the crap regularly. You may you may have been hurt so bad, you you need to just forgive that person repeatedly for the same offense. Not that they do it again, but because the hurt was so bad. And you just need to forgive them repeatedly. Every time it comes to your mind or heart, you gotta exercise that mercy and say, God, your forgiveness of me is without boundaries. And and my crap was pretty big and you forgave me. And you just shovel it and get rid of it every time it comes to your mind and to your heart. Psalm says, Oh Lord, you, you are so good. You are so ready to forgive. Last word for the day. Some of you today are still holding on to some crap in your life. And I want you to hear not only is the call on us to exercise mercy and forgiveness, but God is ready to forgive you today. Whatever it is, He is ready, always willing to treat us in grace and exercise mercy. So when you come to the table today, just let go of the crap, whatever it is, let go of it. Shovel it out of your life and and receive that incredibly unfair but wonderful grace and mercy. Let's pray. Father, thanks uh, that we can count on you uh, and uh, that you can inspire us to exercise uh, mercy, uh, that, that grace in action, that forgiveness that you accomplished for each one of us that we can pour out and share in other people's lives. So help us. Help us to break through the barriers that we uh, create and to just exercise that mercy so that we can be your people. Repair it in Jesus' name. Amen. I stand.